This episode of Bushwick Breakaway is brought to you by the holiday season. Do-do-do-do. Listen, whatever you celebrate, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Festivus. I hope you're out there with the people you love, enjoying what you do, and enjoying life. You know what I enjoy? Complaining about AV. So does Greg. Let's go. Hey, Bushwick Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Bushwick Breakaway. It is the Christmas Eve edition of Big Holiday for Greg and I, or for me. Greg, say hello. This is, it's just the 24th of December for me. It's a good day for Chinese food. It's uh, a great day for that. I'm somehow podcasting. We were going to do this on Christmas itself, but somehow this kind of worked out for us. Uh, we're able to do this while we both watch ourselves lose in our fantasy football championships, Greg. Everyone cares. Everyone cares. Look, when I, there, for me, there's a lot of money on the line. I don't know how much money's on the line for you, but it's a good amount. Uh, I personally would like to win $1,000 today. That would be fantastic. I don't think that's mo- the, the amount on mine uh, for our league that you're also in, but. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. Anyway, enough about that. Fuck football. Really do hate it, despite us both being in the championships of different leagues. Um, Look, fuck, fuck football, but I, I, I love gamble. money. Love. I have a gambling problem. Really, Money's- Greg? Money's good. Money's great. Tell me about your Money's gambling great. problem. Is this something you want to talk about on air? Do you need I help? I've talked about it on air quite a bit. I, <laughs> uh, there, there have honestly been times recently where I felt like I should probably start seeing something or someone or start calling a hotline. Because right. it's never it's never really big bets all at once. It's just I love making a lot of little small bets. And then I'll think about it afterwards just being like that's – irresponsible amount of money i have spread out over things that i really don't care about <laughs> yeah like you don't care like you're betting on what's the most ridiculous thing you've bet on in the past two weeks out of curiosity uh i lost a bet i think on rutgers basketball yeah like why would you do that did you watch the game <laughs> not even close no that's the worst part i make the bets before i have to go to bed so early at night that i'll make bets on basketball games and start at seven o'clock and i'm asleep so I, tip off. I would understand if you were watching the games like you're like okay i want to have a little ante in, in this game especially like the playoffs or any other game like okay i want to up the ante on watching this boring game but you just go to bed i go to bed yeah so i don't know big show today is, is it a big show i don't know here's what's gonna happen on today's show here's my prediction Okay. We already recorded an interview with a comedian. His name's in the title. Uh, we reveal that when he comes on. It's very fun. Uh, he kind of challenges us on AV. And I thought it was a really good interview. Had some nice little tidbits on it. So Steve, Thank God he didn't come on today. Yeah, I know. Steve. Well, so, completely different conversation he comes on today. Absolutely. Uh, so Steve, Steve uh, Hofsetter comes on and talks to us about the Rangers and his fandom and some other stuff, including Mike Francesa and Dolan. That's fun. We're probably going to go on a sick AV rant here in like a minute. It's... It's pretty unbearable what's happening right it's now. It's brewing. It's brewing. And then at the end of the show, we'll come back uh, after the interview and we'll talk a little bit of uh, the user reviews that we got. And anyone who left a review pretty much in the past week, I'm going to read it and we'll respond to it. That'll be it on this Christmas Eve edition of the Bush Rich Breakaway. Let's talk a little Christmas, Rangers. Christmas Eve edition that you're not going to listen to until after Christmas dinner. Yeah, until you're it, it comes out the day after Christmas. But we're recording on Christmas Eve. So that's what matters, right? People people want to know. People always know. Well, I I mean I make the joke when Steve's on that it's an ongoing gag where we like to date when we start talking to someone and I I think I dated exactly when we were recording that interview. You did. 
Yeah, you did with Steve. So that's good. So we're always keeping people in touch. It's kind of like we're live, but not really. We're live for whenever you want to listen to us. That's us. Exactly. We are live for you. We're li- we, we live, are live for you. There you go. That was we nice. We live in the now. Yeah. Yeah. And we're also like hardworking guys on this special holiday for Ryan, not Greg. Um, let's yeah, but gl- I'm the one that actually went to work today, and I'm the one that's actually going to work tomorrow. So That's true. I'm just hungover, my friend. That is all. Let's talk a little bit of quick game recap. Sure. This is our, our new segment we do for people around the world. The Ducks and Rangers game happened on last Tuesday. It was a frankly easy game for the New York Rangers. Sure was. You, you remember? It's, al- it's almost it's almost Ryan like playing a West Coast team on the second night of an East Coast back to back provides significant advantages for a team hosting them who is also on two days rest. Hmm. I don't know if I can agree with you on that. I do want to take time out to say right now that I know you have Todd Gurley in fantasy, and he's going crazy, and I hate everything about this because I'm facing him. So congratulations. He just, he just got another 16-yard pass. But that's enough about fantasy football yeah, that I'm never going to yeah. mention again this rest yeah, 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 yeah. the rest of this And you thing. know who uh, – the best part about that is I got Jared Goff too, and he's uh, throwing the ball to Gurley. Not good for me. I'm screwed. Yeah. Anyway, I lost. Yeah. You You might win. That's fun. Let's talk. stick with Rangers. So you're right, Greg. That, that mm-hmm. I don't really see the advantages there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what you, uh, wait. Oh, you're being sarcastic. I, I am. Thank you. Uh, okay. And it would be a terrible thing if you were to start some sort of backup goalie that night. It would be, um, yeah, uh, yeah. You'll I, also remember. I want to. I want to. I want to save it because it. I've, yeah, we'll save it. I, we'll, we'll do the quick recaps because I could go on a long rant right now about why Pavlik should have played against the Ducks, but it it's all going to be encompassed into one giant thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we'll just keep I don't going want to. I don't want to have to repeat myself. But the good news is that you and I both went to the next two games. But before we get off the Ducks game, uh, you know, we spent last week talking about how DeHarnay or or Paul Carey would probably need to take a seat, put their little butts on the bench. Mm-hmm. And uh, they looked pretty fucking incredible that game. So good for them for getting mo- motivated uh, from this podcast. We can, yeah, we can confirm that DeHarnay and Carey listened to the podcast. Absolutely confirmed. No doubt about it. They the passes some of the passes they made in the setups were beautiful. They they played it was obviously the best game of the season for them. It was Paul Carey's signature game. It might be his only one of the season. Uh and just really happy to see them do that. That's about that game. Next game. You actually went to this game, Greg, so I'm gonna let you take the quick game recap on Devils, uh Devils Rangers. Uh okay. Well, the I wouldn't call it the most undeserving point the Rangers have recorded this year because I still think that Game against the Stars had no business whatsoever going to overtime, but the the Rangers gave up 48 shots against the New Jersey Devils in New Jersey and at somehow held on to a 3-2 lead into the third period, and it was unsustainable because the Rangers were just bleeding shots left and right. The crazy thing about this game is, as undeserving as it was for the Rangers to even get to overtime – Rangers were clearly the better team in overtime and had about three opportunities to end that game and Corey Schneider shut them down. So it it was truly a weird experience to watch because for 60 minutes, the Rangers were embarrassing. And then for five minutes, they were phenomenal. Uh, and then once you get to a shootout. It's anybody's game. But yeah, that cool- being said, and I, this is probably going to come up in the AV rant, like you bench Shattenkirk and then you use him in the shootout. What's up with that? Seems funny, doesn't it? It does seem funny. Let's keep going. <sighs> the next game, I happened to go to the Leafs 
uh, Rangers game at the Garden. It was a very great time. Uh, Diana provided us with tickets, our good friend at Original Six listener. I brought Drew Way, who writes for our website. A lot of name dropping right now. I dressed up as Santa. I got pictures taken with me. Everyone was very happy to see Santa. I was not happy to see the way the game was managed. There was a point in this game, Greg, where Austin Matthews just was in front of the goal by himself. Now, have you heard of Austin Matthews? Uh, I've heard about him. A uh, kid from uh, Arizona? Yeah, he's, it was a uh, number one pick two years ago. <laughs> uh, sort of a, a another phenom, maybe, possibly, and this could be a hot take, a top ten, if not a top five player in the NHL. Yeah, those are things I've heard about him. Why don't you saying you're saying uh, he's a elite goal scorer too? Wide like open in front of the net, my friend, and just crazy. Next thing, next thing you're gonna do is tell me something like Nick Holden is the guy that left him open. It's I wouldn't ne- couldn't say that to you, Greg. Uh, the, the Rangers end up losing this game three two in a game they were in that probably didn't deserve to be in. A, a goal gets called off. Grabner scores, uh, or doesn't really score a goal, and there's an offsides that it's it. The rule is the rule, guys. It was offsides. Was the player involved in the play whatsoever? Absolutely not. Did it affect anything that happened with that goal? Nope. But it was offsides. So we were probably in that game. If we were definitely going to go to overtime at least, and that seems to be the theme of this of this team. We stick around enough to be in overtime and get a point, despite exactly what's happening with our team of letting up. The most amount of shots. I think what was the the, the hockey uh, the, another another shout out here? Hockey stat miner. Uh, it was hockey. Like- the so hockey stat miner. He's a phenomenal follow. If you're not if you're following us and not following him, I don't really understand what you're doing because you're limiting the information you can take in. So, but also do what you uh, want because we're pro living in choice. There you go. Right. Sure. Absolutely. Well, yeah, we're pro choice podcast. You, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go through all our followers and then all of hockey hey. stat miners followers and figure out. Who's not overlapping? But if you want, if anyone um, wants to do that out there, send us the list. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, you should do that. Don't do that. What, what else are you going to do on Christmas? Hang out with your family? <laughs> yeah, you don't Fuck want to. Fuck that. Fuck that. Send, send us a fun list. Hockey stat minor and us would definitely love it. Anyway, <laughs> um, kid, kids, an animal. So between Tuesday and Thursday night's games, Henrik Lundqvist faced the most shots in a two-game stretch that he's ever faced in his entire career. Only to then have that record broken by the shots he faced Thursday and Saturday. So the last three games that Henrik Lundqvist has played in, he has basically set shots against records in each of them. It's That's incredible. Are we even playing defense? And now, I, you know what's funny? Is I really don't even want to blame the defenseman. I, I, I know that sounds crazy. It's not my first gut reaction. My gut reaction is, what is the system we have in place to prevent? Can we just help Hank in any way possible? Are we playing the wrong system? What are we doing? Yeah, so I was thinking about this on my car ride home from work, knowing that you and I were going to podcast a little bit earlier today and was actually going to have coherent, not sleepy thoughts on things that were happening with the Rangers. There are two ways you can usually build a team in any sport. The first way is you put a system in place and then you go out and try and find players that best fit your system. And then there is, you go out and accumulate the best talent you can available and then figure out what system you can work with the pieces you have. And the Rangers have seemingly decided to go with option three, which is implement a system, but not acquire players to play that system properly. Because that's basically what we're looking at here. 
like I don't think like, I don't think you can acquire a guy like Kevin Shattenkirk and not make significant changes to how your team plays defense. Because what the Rangers are doing right now, and there are people there, there is a large, a growing portion. I wouldn't, I guess I want to call it large, but a growing portion portion of the fan base that thinks Kevin Shattenkirk is not just a sieve defensively, but an abomination. And it's hard to stand here because, again, uh, inside, look behind the curtain. I stand while we podcast because I don't have I – one, I don't have a desk, and two, I don't have a chair in my room. Um, <laughs> We're real professionals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's hard to say Kevin Shattenkirk is playing effectively in the defensive zone because he's not. At the same time, the system in which the Rangers are trying to utilize someone like Kevin Shattenkirk is – is only going to expose his weaknesses as opposed to protect him. So Shattenkirk is going to look worse playing defense for the New York Rangers than he did playing defense for the St. Louis Blues because the Blues utilized him differently. And that's to say, first, when Kevin Shattenkirk is on the power play, he's magnificent, and he's everything this team was hoping to acquire. But if you're not going to – if you're going to acquire a player like that and then not make significant – or at least I wouldn't even say significant subtle changes to how your team's defensive style is to accommodate a player of that skill, all while not giving him a perfect defensive pairing, then you're going to make him a worse player on the ice when he plays. And I think we're just watching that happen. I I can't tell someone that Kevin Shattenkirk isn't having a bad defensive year. I just can't say it's all Kevin Shattenkirk's fault. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm just completely wrong about how Kevin Shattenkirk plays hockey. To me, I think a good coach can cover up some of the flaws Kevin Shattenkirk has defensively and play him with a more adequate defensive partner. And that partner on the Rangers exists. We've been saying it all year. The fact that Ryan McDonough and Kevin Shattenkirk do not play 20 minutes together a night is still beyond me. It's beyond all of us, Greg. It's it's very obvious. And I'm not saying the Shea-Shattenkirk pairing has been noticeably terrible. It hasn't. And I like Shea a lot. I think his game's developed. And I think he's honestly one of our better defensemen. Definitely top three. I That's why I say I don't, I don't want to blame automatically the defenseman. I think Stahl has been pretty good for who he is. I think – I know, I know, that's tough. I think I think Stahl's playing above who he is now. I think Shea's been good. I think Shattenkirk, while the glimpses of his defense falling, has been suitable. Ryan McDonough was injured and on and off, but he's been also his amazing captain self. And then we have, you know, Nick Holden. All right. He's a third-pairing defenseman, but he's playing on the first line. That's a problem. And then Brandon Smith, who seems to be playing less aggressive than he used to. I'm not sure what that is either. Like, he got paid, maybe, and he's just not as brooding as he was. Because my impression, my first impression of Brandon Smith when he got here last year was, wow, we have a tough son-of-a-bitch defenseman who's hitting everybody right now. And that's what I want out of Brendan Smith, but I don't see that anymore. He's been less noticeable of recent. But I don't feel like any of those players, with the exception of winger Nick Holden, who somehow, by the way, ends up rushing the net more than any other defenseman I've ever seen, still. Just, I don't feel like any of them have been truly terrible. But yet, Hedrick Lundqvist is facing more shots than ever. Uh... I would disagree. Nick Holden's been truly terrible. I said, I, I, I said with the exception of Nick Holden. Sorry. Yeah, Nick Nick Holden's been truly terrible. And quite honestly, the, I, it's hard to call any defensive pairing the Rangers have good. Uh, Sean Tierney 
put the charts out, um, I think Saturday, actually, before the game, that showed where all the NHL defensive pairings rank amongst each other. And all three of the Rangers pairings were firmly in the quadrant of the graph you didn't want to be. The, the graph has – it has fun, dull, bad, and good. And all three were very firmly entrenched in the bad. In fact, the one defensive Ranger pairing that was statistically or categorically worse than every other was Smith and Stahl. And I think part of that reason is while Smith and Stahl seem to be not giving up a lot of goals – like every other defensive pairing, they're giving up a lot of shots. And honestly, the reason why the Rangers have been in so many games recently is because Henrik Lundqvist has just been playing on another fucking level. He's- and it's incredible to think about this 35-year-old all-world goalie still being able to play some of his – this might be the best hockey I've ever seen Henrik Lundqvist play. And, and I say that because – That's the hottest not because- maybe you've ever had. But I think it's justified because I, the Rangers shouldn't have won. Maybe like they, they may have one of their last seven games. They deserve to win. Mm-hmm. They deserve to beat the Ducks and they, uh, they deserve to be, beat the Kings. So they have. Oh man, you cut out Greg. Gregory. Greg, you're gone. All right. We had a tech- I blacked out. We, had, we blacked out there. We had a technical difficulty. Oh, we're back. Where were we? Uh, where were we? the, the funny thing is I was going on a long rant and I was very proud of where that rant was going. Unfortunately, and then I get a message from you being like, Hey, but, uh, you're, you're not talking to anybody. Yeah. You're talking to nobody. I could have, the, I could have gone on for 20 more minutes and not realized that. So it's a good thing you texted me because yeah, so I just would, we were, didn't we even did, look down at my screen. We did leave off where you were saying we did, we didn't deserve to win one of the, we only really deserved to win the Kings and the Ducks game. That was it. Right. So I said one of seven and I quickly corrected myself to make it like two of seven. The point I was making is, uh, I think that I was making, is the the players the Rangers deploy defensively do not play well in Elaine Vigneault's system. And, or, or whoever's system. If you want to give credit to Lindy Ruff, if you want to give credit to a numerous amount of assistant coaches that have supposedly had a hand in coaching this defense under Elaine Vigneault, the buck stops with Elaine Vigneault. And he continues to want to deploy this type of defensive system. And it just doesn't work. It, it doesn't. And it's, it goes beyond Nick Holden playing with Ryan McDonough, which he shouldn't. It goes beyond Mark Stahl and Brandon Smith having to play together because they shouldn't. And quite honestly, it goes beyond Kevin Shattenkirk and Brady Shea, who, while I think two, when you put them independently of each other, two strong defensemen, Shea more so defensively than Shattenkirk, but for whatever reason, that duo doesn't really work when you put it together and ask them to play the style of hockey Elaine Vigneault asks them to play on a nightly basis. It just doesn't work. And I, I, if the Rangers go out and acquire Carlson and Dowdy and somehow keep Shattenkirk, McDonough, and Shea while doing all that, sure, those six guys might be able to play insane defense for an Elaine Vigneault-styled system. It's just the fact of the matter that the Rangers this offseason made upgrading their defense a priority. But instead of bringing in players who can – they did bring in better defensemen, but they deploy the same system, which just doesn't work. It doesn't work. And if you're going to run that system, then what you had to do was properly identify players that can play that system effectively. And the Rangers decided to bring in talented defensemen versus system defensemen. If you ask me, Ryan – I prefer the talented defenseman 
But then you have to make coaching adjustments. You just have to make coaching adjustments. And A.V. doesn't – he doesn't. The defense has made zero adjustments. Different people have come in and out of the lineup. But defensively speaking, this team is yet to make a single defensive adjustment. And the adjustments that happen – it's funny that you mentioned that we don't make any defensive adjustments because offensive adjustments are nonstop. Last night – well, sorry, not last night. The Leafs game – uh, we were switching lines like nonstop. There was a time I was I was with Drew and we were looking. I was like, "Is JT Miller now the center of KZB? So now it's KZM." We're like, "Yeah, he is. That's weird." And but then they took Pavel Bushnevich off of it for a while and put Miller on with Mika and Kreider. I was like, "What? I don't really even know what's happening." And the line of Rick Nash, Kevin Hayes, and DeHarnay is: Can you get any more lackluster? From like, what do those guys even play well together? I can't even. There was during the five on three. Um, oh my god! I had what a, a miserable experience. An embarrassing, an embarrassing five on three where I think the Rangers got two shots off, which is just ludicrous. But there is a point in which David DeHarnay was on the ice and the wheels were just coming off, and you can feel it. And I am trying to type a text or uh, a tweet as feverishly as I could just to sarcastically praise how good DeArnay is. And before I could hit enter on that tweet, he committed a penalty in the offensive zone to wipe away the power play. And that perfectly encapsulated the game David DeArnay had. I will say this, and I don't think you and I eat crow when we should eat crow enough on this podcast. It's very possible. We don't. I, 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 think, I think sometimes we ignore the stuff we get wrong, and we apologize for that. Um. I, when I see, maybe we overreacted to Bunieves being out of the lineup because obviously DeHarnay and Carey had chemistry and it worked against the Ducks. And quite honestly, they didn't look terrible against the Devils either. The, the reason the Devils were playing poorly in that game, but I don't think the presence of DeHarnay and Carey were, was necessarily hurting the Rangers. As they should so, be, they're fourth liners. Right, and we've always said that David DeHarnay is an effective bottom six center. We've been pretty consistent about that. Even when DeHarnay's play has struggled, I've usually gone back and criticized A.V. for asking DeHarnay to just do too much. If you just let DeHarnay exist in the bottom six, I think you have a very effective center who can occasionally provide some offensive outburst. And I, I think we've seen that when given the opportunity. We definitely saw it against Ducks. I can't... For, we were wrong. They were they were fine playing DeHarnay and Carey over Nieves. That was that was bad on us. However, when Jesper Foss gets hurt, I don't know why. It's not like it's not like DeHarnay had a great game against the Devils where he should have been rewarded moving up into a top six line. And JT Miller, one of your four best forwards this entire season dropped all the way back to the fourth line. That doesn't equate to anyone in my mind. I don't think it equates to you. Well, you know what else doesn't equate? In that game, we pulled Mika Zibidijad when we're down two goals. What? So here's the thing with that, right? There is a compl- This is a th- another problem that I've always had with Elaine Vigneault. There is an obvious thing Elaine Vigneault can say after the game that makes such a drastic move like that a move where you remove your number one center who honestly wasn't having the greatest of games against the Maple Leafs. 
I, we can't say his play warranted him remaining on the top line. That's correct. that's fine. I, I am I am ready and willing to admit that. Um, I don't know if it necessarily was so terrible he shouldn't have seen the ice, but correct. Mika Zibanejad was having a poor game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and Elaine Vigneault recognized that. There are two avenues Elaine Vigneault could have chose to go down. A logical avenue you could have said post-game was, this was our third game in six days. Mika Zibanejad missed the better part of a month before these games with a concussion. And maybe he was worn down. And quite honestly, it's possible. It, we don't know how the human body is supposed to react from concussions. The Rangers were played an overtime game against the Devils. They were playing high-scoring games against the Ducks, and the Maple Leafs were skating circles around them. So maybe Elaine Vigneault saw Mika Zibanejad just didn't have the legs under him anymore because he's coming off an injury, a significant injury, and felt the need to make a change offensively and remove Mika from the lineup because he's doing more harm than good. If Elaine Vigneault said that after the post game, I could have been like, that actually makes sense. That actually, Greg, what you just said was a perfect explanation of what could have happened. Here's what actually happened. Yep. AV came oh, out. Keep going? Oh, you want, oh, do you want to go? Uh, you go. I, I slow paused. That was good, right? Yeah. Right. I, well, I, it got me. I don't, got I don't me usually do that. No, you don't. I liked it. AV, I liked it a lot. AV came out and said, you know, he's not really one of our top best nine forwards. <laughs> he, he's, it's amazing. What? Really amazing. Uh, what? Really I, was I can't even say that without laughing. No, it was incredible. He went out and said that Mika caught, made costly turnovers and didn't deserve to play anymore. That, that's what he said. That's not even, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but once you cut through the French-Canadian accent, that, that's what Elaine Vigneault is saying. He's saying... Against the Toronto Maple Leafs, Mika Zibanejad was one of the Rangers' eleventh uh, or twelfth forward. He, he would have he basically healthy scratched Mika Zibanejad for the third period. Oh my god! I um, just don't understand. And then you you pair Ryan. Let's let's go one f- step further. You pair that move. Yep. Benching Mika Zibanejad with Elaine Vino also saying that he benched his top power play unit because he didn't think Bunyevez. And Paul Carey were getting enough ice time. And listen, whenever you got to give Boo and Paul Carey more ice time, you got to do it. Especially if, it, especially if it means getting Buchnevich and Kreider off the ice. Why does he? I, it's, it's, it's incredible, Ryan. It really is. And I said this on Twitter. I'm going to repeat it on here. December 23rd, 2017 is officially the day where the scales tipped. We're done. There is no more gray zone when talking about Elaine Vigneault. You're either firmly in the camp that thinks Elaine Vigneault runs an ineffective, useless system with a talented roster that is, in essence, holding this team back, and he will or should not be the head coach of this hockey team any longer. You're firmly in the fire AV camp, or you're firmly of the belief that the players are letting down the coaching staff and Elaine Vigneault, as one of the most successful coaches in New York Rangers history, doesn't deserve the criticism he receives. There are now two camps in Rangers fandom. There's, Those are them. There's, there's no, no other option. On the fence being like, well, I see what both sides are saying. 
that you don't get to anymore. We are now past that point. You either want AV gone or AV can never do anything wrong to warrant a firing in your mind. It that's that's it. I don't see a gray line anymore. I use I, I've firmly been on one side of the fence. I am I am unabashed about it. If you listen to this podcast for the better part of the last 18 months, it's really the only fucking thing I talk about <laughs> besides the Mets. It, it, it is obvious where I live, but I at least understood the middle. I got it. Like I I I I, I recognize that it exists. And, it no and by the way, exists. I was part of the middle for a while. You were. I was. But and Ryan, it's obliterated. It's gone. It's now. fucking gone. It's, it's the Magino line. I just it doesn't exist anymore. I don't get it. I was at the game watching it happen live in front of my face when JT Miller came out and Bushnevich was on the bench and Bushnevich was on the fourth line and I just said to myself, "Here we go again." And I just and maybe he knows something that we don't, but I honestly I don't think he does. And I just I know I'm an armchair quarterback here. I'm in my room on Christmas Eve talking to my my dear friend Greg about hockey. What do I know? I've never played the game at a professional level. I've never coached at a professional level. But some of this stuff just seems like it's logical sense. That's and, it. Uh, well, I'll take it one step further. In our Discord, I jokingly said before the game started that JT Miller getting put in a position to play less ice time than Jimmy VC is somehow going to reward Elaine Vigneault one way or the other because – he just has a horseshoe so far stuck up his ass. And what happens? Jimmy Vesey scores the first goal of the game for the Rangers. Absolutely. I knew it was going to happen before it happened because everything suggests that JT Miller should absolutely be in a position to either be firmly in the top six or at least be getting more ice time well, than Jimmy Vesey. Greg, you and the second that Jimmy Vesey gets put up again above Jimmy JT Miller in the lineup, I fucking knew that VC was going to score. You should have figured this it, out it otherwise. as predictable as anything. You and I were going, one of us went to the game. Jimmy VC is going to score. That's just He's how this beast. works. Jimmy VC, get us season tickets. I, I ran through the numbers when I was sitting in between Devils periods. VC has now scored, between you and I being at hockey games, four goals and has an overtime winner. Games that we go to. VC, come if on. If VC wants to score 60 goals, get us fucking tickets. Come on, dude. You can put us in the tank. It doesn't matter where we sit. I don't sit. care where we are. Tickets. Just let us know. Uh, if Jimmy VC wants to be a top five scorer in the NHL, bro, pony up some tickets. Get us some merch. Man, I feel like today we have an abnormally large amount to talk about with this team. I, I feel like sometimes we scrounge to see like what, what's really going on, and I can just keep going. Anthony, nah, dude, it, it's, it's, it's that fucking tipping point. It, we're, it, we're, we're past it. It's gone. It's obliterated. It's over. It's done. Well, now, you either want him gone or you're fine with him forever. There is no more – there are two camps, and I swear to God there's going to be a civil war. It's it, We're close. And by the way, we have other defensemen. We have them. Oh, we do. We do. It's incredible. And oh, my God. we got to th- After the fucking Devils game where Holden outside of – of course Holden scores the fucking goal to – I, 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 I hate winger. everything. He, he might be. Just play him on a fucking wing. I don't care at this point. He's probably better on the wing than Paul Carey. As nice as Carey was against the Ducks, Holden's probably a better winger. Anyway, after the game, Elaine Vigneault has the nuts to stand up there and say words like, Nick Holden is dependable, and Nick Holden is reliable, and Nick Holden has earned his spot on the top defensive pairing, when very clearly, Elaine, he hasn't. He's <laughs> fucking ass, dude. Just call it what it is. 
whatever you want to describe Nick Holden as, the word should not be good. The word should be some form of bad. He's not because that's ass. what he is, Ryan. He's not bad. He's a third pairing defenseman. When you utilize him the way the Rangers utilize him, he's bad. There if you, you want to utilize that's Nick Holden properly, he might be an average NHL defenseman. You're right. This goes back to kind of some of our David DeHarnay rants. If you just put David DeHarnay in the role that he's successful in, he will be successful. The Rangers continually play Nick Holden in a role to expose him and make him fail and then to stand up there and lie in my fucking face and call him dependable? Are you insane? Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> I fucking hate it, dude. I fucking hate it so much. It, that's the, the craziest, the most frustrating thing about this Ranger team, first of all, is that they're still in a goddamn playoff position where they don't deserve to be. Second, there are some obvious, easy logical things this team could do to be better. And Elaine Vigneault looks at all of it and goes, nah, fuck it. I'm playing Jimmy VC in the top six. God, what a fucking idiot, dude. Just, He's a fucking moron. And- if you listen to this podcast and you want me to ever have a neutral opinion about Elaine Vigneault, it's over. It's gone. Find a different podcast. It's not blue. Sh- it's not banishing the blue shirts. They fucking hate him as much as I do. Uh, it's not any podcast Woj will be on because Woj is just going to call AV the P-boy that he is. And it's not... Like, Go listen to fucking Tilted Ice. They probably blow AV every fucking day. They got 34 followers, and the 34 followers are the guys that are just like, no, I think things are going pretty well with the Rangers. We're definitely We're in a playoff play. spot. We're definitely doing all right. tweets about this now, just so you know. Um, I don't give a shit. I, don't care. I am so angry that it deserves to be said. Uh, Merry Christmas, Grandpa Red. This is all for you and the kids that you gathered around your fucking Johnny. Windows 94 <laughs> MacBook or whatever the Johnny. shit you have. Poor Johnny. Um, oh, God. I needed to get that out. I feel so much better. You know, it's funny. We go in this interview that's coming up with Steve. We're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> we're, oh, like, yeah. we're so calm. <laughs> is, oh, my God. I mean, so I meant I mentioned this. Steve and I, spoiler, um, we disagree on our opinions of Elaine Vino. And my responses to him were so calm and collective and somewhat understanding that I don't know if if, if Steve listens back to this podcast – First of all, Steve, hello. Thank hey, you for Steve, listening. Thanks so much. Um, if he listens back to this podcast and hears this rant that we I just went on, and then he has to listen to a completely different sounding <laughs> discussion of Elaine Vino thereafter, it, 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 it doesn't add up. It, it doesn't. But it needed to be said. And I don't, ca- I don't care. I, I just don't. This team this team's not fun to watch, Ryan. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to stand here and lie. It, it, it's at a point now where I want Elaine Vigneault gone so much. The only way I think it happens is if the Rangers don't make the playoffs. The Rangers make the playoffs. I, I already Probably see the states. excuses. Yeah. Yeah. The, the excuses management will come up with, um, oh, it was a really tough Metro. Um, it's a year where very good teams didn't even make the playoffs. The other teams in the East are playing ridiculous hockey. You couldn't have expected them to beat someone like the Capitals or the Blue Jackets or the Lightning. All of that is – yeah, I, it's I just, the light easier, man. How are we going to beat them? I see the fucking excuses already, and I know that if the Rangers make the playoffs, we're getting at least another year of Vino. So the only way the Rangers, in my mind, can get rid of this man is if they don't make the playoffs. And that's a miserable place to be as a fan. It feels like I'm rooting against my favorite team. Of course, I am so much happier if the Rangers make the playoffs, regardless of who their fucking coach is. Playoff hockey is great. I want my team to be successful. If the Rangers win a cup with Elaine Vigneault, I will literally record a live video of me eating a physical crow. (laughs) I will eat bird. Like, fine. A live bird. Today is Christmas Eve, 2017. 
if the New York Rangers in the summer of 2018 win a Stanley Cup, Ryan, I will go to Montreal, order crow. I don't even know where the fuck I'll find it on a menu. And I will eat that shit raw. And I'll be happy because the Rangers will have a cup. But when that doesn't happen, I want Elaine Vigneault gone. I think you I have, think that's a fair fucking bet. I think you have every right to say that now. Every right. Mark it down. Mark it down. Uh, it's Christmas Eve, 2017. If the Rangers win the cup this year with Elaine Vigneault behind the bench. Crow boys. Crow. Ollie Crow. Actual fucking crow. I'll cook a crow. We're going to hunt it down. Kill it ourselves. Peter hates this podcast. Let's go to uh, – we didn't even talk about Pavlik and how he didn't start it. We don't need to. Uh, <laughs> Do you want me to start again? No, we don't need to. Because I can. We don't need to. Because I can. Let's if you to, want me to, I can. I have no. another one in the back. Let's go to our interview. Come back. Let's thank, thank the listeners for a nice holiday season and for getting us to 69 reviews. And then we'll call it a day. Ready? Sure. This is a much tamer version of us. Transition. <laughs> And we're back with our special surprise guest for the day, even though it's not a surprise because it's in the title, Steve Hofsetter, a comedian and a huge Rangers fan who was recently featured on the MSG scoreboard. Steve, say hello. Frankly, I am shocked. It that, is a huge surprise. A huge honor that you're here? Or a huge <laughs> no, honor? No, I'm, I'm saying it was a surprise. <laughs> I was going off of what you just said. You're, you got a yes and. This is comedy. You got a yes and. I'm just a really bad podcaster, my friend. You are the expert comedian. Um, <laughs> we brought you on because, uh, you know, I saw your Rangers post uh, on the R Reddit saying you got on the... They invited you to the game. How does that even happen? Um, so the first time it happened was because I was throwing out a bunch of ceremonial first pitches as like a promotional thing for my show laughs and you know, I'm a huge baseball fan. And so that was a fun thing to do. Um, but then, uh, I was like, Oh, maybe we can expand this. And there's like puck drops. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was going to be in New York and New York was a really big market for the show. So I had my rep reach out to the Rangers of like, Hey, is it possible to do a puck drop? And they were like, well, absolutely not. However, <laughs> we we do have this program where, you know, like we invite people to games. And look, I've been on house seats before to other teams. And I was like, okay, great. I get a couple seats. That's awesome. And then they were like, make sure to get there an hour before the game for dinner. And I was like, what? What, like, like you're getting me a hot dog or what's going on? <laughs> like, what's happening? And uh, and then they were like, and no jeans, no sneakers. And I was like, oh, what? this is fancy. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's basically you go to like the owner's suite. Uh, well, there's first there's an owner's dining room first. So <laughs> and I've done this with Knicks and with Rangers games. And the hockey games are so much more fun because in between periods, you get to go to the suite. Like, it, you know, in between quarters, it's not a big deal. And and at halftime with the Knicks, you know, you go back up to the dining room, but the dining room's enormous and a bunch of people are there and they're separate tables. So you don't really interact with anyone you didn't come there with. Mm -hmm. However, the suite is really tiny and there are pretty much no seats. So everybody's just talking to each other. And it's really cool. You get to meet all kinds of interesting people and it's a lot of fun. It's a hell of a way to watch a game. And I I don't know what the limit, like, I know I'm not like famous. And so I... I like I am I, I do okay but I'm not like like when they put me up on the board like some people were excited but most of the most of the garden was kind of like well that's a person so like when they put the Hadid sisters up everybody was like oh my god that's amazing they're gorgeous and they're famous and then they put me up and they're like well he's wearing a ranger shirt that's cool so uh, I, I don't want to abuse my like I don't want to abuse the hospitality but they've been really great to me and I try to go to like 
somewhere between, you know, one, two, maybe three games a year on it. Uh, and it, and it's a ton of fun. Did uh, Do you think any of the fans were just wondering themselves, man, for a guy that quarterbacked the Giants in the late 80s, early 90s, he looks really young. Yeah, yeah. They were like, they, you know, Jeff Hostetler looks real. He looks real good and also has a different face. Um, but no, what was good is they do play. They do play a clip beforehand to give people context. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they know like even a even like a like a famous person, like a real famous person, not like a pretend to be famous person like me, but like a real famous person. uh you know, like they've had, uh, you know, like I, I was there when they put like a boxer up and people aren't going to offhand know who the boxer is. So they show a clip of him boxing first, you know, that makes so, sense. Yeah. So they do that. And so on this one, it was good because like my clip got laughs, which was really positive, And then they showed me. So that was nice. And like uh, apparently the Hadid sisters thought I was funny. So that was like, well, the, you don't need anything else. You're good now. Yeah, your money Get out on that for a week. I'm done. <laughs> uh, ever have you ever run into Margot Robbie? She's basically, I, I think she's taken the mantle as the most famous Ranger fan, maybe. Uh, I have not, although I did run into her publicist at the game. Oh, that's pretty close. Cool. Uh, she didn't say, like, hi, I'm Margot Robbie's publicist, but like we talked for a little bit and she gave me a card. And then I looked her up and I was like, oh, that's Margot Robbie's publicist, among other clients. She represents a lot of great people, but uh, they're, they're always interesting people at the game. It's it's a uh, it's a whole lot of fun. So you mentioned that you're not really that famous, but about seven years ago, I was driving in my car and you were on Francesa, but you were on for yeah. like at a normally long time. Like you came on as a guest, and then he just kept you on. Was, it, was that the plan? So you, you want to know the behind the scenes? I really this? do. I've been killing me for years. Okay, okay. so <laughs> I was being looked at to be his co-host. Oh my god! Uh, wow. So when when Mad Dog left, they did like an exhaustive search, which did not include me. But mm-hmm. six months later, when the search was basically done, and they're like, we got nobody, uh, I met with uh, CBS Radio in New York, which, you know, owns the fan. And so the guy who I met with was like, you'd be perfect for this job. And I was like, I know. So uh, <laughs> so then I had actually, when I, when Russo said he was going to leave, I'd reached out to my to my then manager and said, reach out to the fan. And she got nowhere, you know? Yeah. So then, uh, okay. So, all right. So they reached out to the fan and uh, nothing doing. They didn't care. But anyway, so I had this meeting. It goes really well. And they're like, we should introduce you to the program director of WFAN. And they did. And the meeting went really well. And he was like, I want to look at you for Francesca's co-host. Okay. And I was like, that would be an amazing job. A difficult one, but an amazing <laughs> one. Yes. So uh, they had, first they introduced me to him at lunch. They basically were like, we're going to bring you on for an hour. We're not going to say we're looking at you as a co-host, because if it doesn't work, they don't want to be seen as that. Mm-hmm. We're right. just going to bring you on for an hour as a guest and see how you vibe with him. So I was like, absolutely. So we go to lunch first. And it was very interesting to have someone who's never done stand-up comedy tell me how to do stand-up comedy. But yep. such is the life of Mike Francesa. So, uh, he, so anyway, we go on the air together and it actually goes really well. Um, it was a great show. Thank you. There were a couple of callers. I was needling him a lot. I was kind of doing the whole, like, you know, I'm the young buck in the know and you're, you know, the old man who knows a lot about sports, but I could still make fun of you because you don't have a cell phone kind of thing. So (laughs) true. All true. Uh, two different people called ostensibly from landlines and, uh, they called afterward and, independently just said hey that that was great that should be your new co-host now mike had already kind of wanted to not have a co-host 
And he had already gotten away with it for six months where the ratings were doing great. And so he didn't have a co-host. But uh, meanwhile, FAN brought me in to host an overnight shift, which was a lot of fun. And it went well, but not well enough for me to get my own show. And, you know, mm. such is such is the the way the, the proverbial cookie crumbles. Yeah, that was just the first time I, I heard of you. And uh, I remember being like, this guy's actually fucking funny. And he plays well with Thank Francesa. You. And then... Uh, Three years later, you were on the front page of Reddit for destroying hecklers, and that seems to be also your bit, um, which has gone really well. And I just seem to be popping into you over the past 10 years. Uh, and if, you, if you're out there and you haven't checked Steve out yet, what are you doing? Uh, but you're not here to talk about your career. You're here to talk hockey, my friend. Yes. Um, what is your take? So are you a pro AV guy? Where are you stand? This is important for us. Am I a pro what? AV, Elaine Vigneault. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry, I just I didn't I didn't know him by his, uh, his by his nickname. His nickname. Amy. I was like I was like audio video. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, look, uh, I think a lot of times we think we know more about coaches than we do. Um, people are so quick to blame a coach when things go well and reward or blame a coach when things don't go well and say he's a genius when they do. Forgetting the fact that so much of it is about the players. Now, look. That said. Coaches are very important, but look, you know, Stanley cup, we, we were very close and we were very close to beating a team. We had no business beating. Like we were up by two goals in two of those games. Like, yeah, it collapsed, but still. Um, And so I, I think that like, have we won the cup under him? No. Have we done very well under him? Yes. And so the same way that like people would freak out with the giants when Tom Coughlin didn't have the best season, forgetting the fact that he had great ones or people freaked out with the Mets at Terry Collins this past year, forgetting the fact that we're in the world series two years ago and in the playoffs a year ago. So I, I think that I, I don't know enough to know yes or no, but my instinct is yes. Hmm. Uh, my, my, my instinct is the exact opposite, but we don't, we don't need to pick a fight over that. Um, no, is there... I'm gonna sit here and eat some almonds while you tell me while you tell me why you know more than the Rangers general manager. <laughs> Definitely don't. I, I, I mean, I don't think it takes a genius to know that Nick Holden shouldn't be a top pairing defenseman, and that JT Miller shouldn't be getting less ice time than David DeHarnay. Those are two very easy things that I don't okay. think it, it takes a rocket scientist to figure out. Well, wait, are you talking about stats though, or do you know them personally and how the team feels about them? I'm I'm talking about the performance on the ice specifically. I, Nick Holden could be the sweetest human being in the world. That doesn't mean he should be a top pairing defenseman. No, what I'm saying is, have you have you done an analysis of the performance of other people while he's playing? Also, Nick, specifically Nick Holden, yes. Uh, I I for I will be the first one to admit that I am not smart enough to do the research for it. But I I am luckily able to read very smart people's takes on it. And uh, one of one of the guys who does a lot of writing for us, Drew Way, he does deep dives all the time that goes beyond just your basic on the back of your sports card numbers. And okay, and, Nick, and Nick, by Nick the way, struggles. Holden was unbelievably good in the game that I was just at. But aside from that, what I'm saying is there's a lot that we don't know that we tend to think we do know. Sure, and I know enough to know that I don't know it. Like for instance. Yeah, you know, look, I know baseball better than hockey. So a lot of the examples I can use 
of things that I do know behind the scenes are baseball. That's actually us. So, I do. I do the exact same thing. thing. Actually, the, this whole podcast. Yeah. The uh, the ongoing joke on the podcast is it usually takes me about five minutes to relate everything the Rangers are doing back to the Mets. Okay. Well, good. So let's use that as an example. Okay. Sure. Uh, when you look at you know when you look at the Mets in 2015, all right. One of the reasons they did so well is because everybody really enjoyed playing together. And that does affect a team. It's 162 games. In hockey, we're talking about half that, okay? But that's still a whole lot. We're not talking about football where you get out there for 16 games, all right? We're talking about a very long 80-plus game season, throw the playoffs in there, and you're looking at it like 100 games, okay? Mm -hmm. So you do need people who make the job better. These are human beings. A lot of times people forget and be like, well, that robot doesn't score as much as that other robot. It's like, no, these are human beings that need to enjoy playing together, to have a positive environment, to believe in each other, to feel that other people believe in them. And whether that's happening or whether that's not, I have no fucking idea. But my point is, (laughs) too often we forget about the human element of the game. And so what I'm saying is, if you've done a deep dive into the – you know, what is he like when he's on the ice? What are other players like when he's on the ice? What are players like when he is hurt and out and not a presence there? Like, those are all factors that they know more about than we do. And could he also, I mean, I also may be overlooking at this and be like, yeah, he sucks, get him out of there. But my point is, there's always a lot more about about any of these games that we don't know than we do know. Sure, and I think... Even jumping off that point, one of the things Ryan and I have talked about consistently is one of our gripes with AV, maybe as you're saying, one of the most important things a team needs is chemistry. And the only way, in my mind, you, especially for defensive pairing partners, AV was juggling his pairing so much on a game-to-game basis that it was nearly impossible for anyone to get any kind of chemistry playing with whoever they were playing with that night. So Ryan and I were saying – that's true. If they're going to be bad, let it be bad for a couple of games just so we know they're bad. But he was juggling so much that AV, he juggles when he doesn't need to. And then when he needs to juggle, he doesn't. It's it's a weird relationship I have with him. I've, I've been okay. very much out on AV and since. I, uh, and I, I, see what, I see what you're saying. Um, we are three points out of first place. That's so, correct. Somehow. Uh, that is That is kind of good. Um, it, it's true, but then you, you're like, so. But look, hold on just, a second. Yep. Look at look at the talent on this roster compared to the rest of the league. And I wouldn't say we deserve to be three points out of first place. So I, I think that, is he doing the best job a coach could do? No. Are there coaches who are doing a better job than he is? Yes. Uh, is he doing well for what he has? Also, yes. To peek behind the curtain, because we love to tell people when we actually record the podcast, we're actually recording this on Friday. It'll be going up Monday night. Um, I oh, was so at they, the so Ra- by now they could be in first place. Ooh. They, they, they could. Right I, I was at the Ranger Probably Devil not. game. <laughs> I was I was at the Ranger Devil game last night, and it was the we're, we're talking about how the Rangers are only three points out of first. They didn't deserve a point last night. The only reason that game went to overtime is because Henrik Lundqvist played on his out of his mind again, because that's what he does. But yeah. a game like that, there were no adjustments made during the game. There were obvious problems during the game. And again, you're, you're right. AV is a hockey coach for a reason. Uh, I am a guy that hosts a weekly podcast and likes to yell about it. He very much has more going on for him than I ever will in terms of 
personal success and knowing the game of hockey. But at the same time, if there's an obvious answer and you choose not to take it, I think that says something about someone. Okay. And, and look, I know way less than you do. You know, I am you, a, you might not, I don't know much. <laughs> no, I mean, look, that, that's actually the first thing I've agreed with, but I <laughs> look, I am a casual fan. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not a diehard. I love them. I've been watching them for ooh, 25 years now. Um, I started watching in 92. A friend of mine got me, got me into it. I was, I was 13. Nice timing. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually very funny because I went to the Rangers parade and like all these people were like 54 years and I'm like two and a half. Anyway, <laughs> So <laughs> I'm like, I've been watching them lose for two and a half, but actually they were already good. So, um, but anyway, point being that like, I, I just think that people tend to make snap decisions when it comes to, you know, coaches, managers, that sort of thing. And I, I think a lot of that has to do with people's moods and, you know, and, and I just, the point I wanted to make was not for or against AV. It was against snap decisions when it comes to coaching and taking frustrations out on coaches. That's it. That's totally fair. Uh, there's a lot, that's pretty much the Twitter atmosphere, isn't it? That's the internet age we kind of live in, that snap instant reaction anger that everyone has now. We mm-hmm. And we try and be more, you know, we're... We're, we're a little bit more than casual, um, but we try and be level-minded about this team in general. We just like to look at the easy decisions that could help us. And now we're, we're also armchair quarterbacks. We don't, you know, we don't oh, know what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah, and, ab- and absolutely. And it's one of those things that, like, you know, to take it back to the Mets, uh, like, with Terry Collins, yeah, did he make some really dumb bullpen decisions? Absolutely. Did he make some terrible lineup decisions? Absolutely. Is he a clubhouse guy that these guys will run through a wall for? Absolutely. So... And I will take a I'll take a clubhouse guy over a stats guy any day. Yeah, I was I, I think Ryan knows this. I've wanted nothing more than to love Terry Collins because the players seem to love him, and that was enough for me. But it is hard sometimes to look at Hansel Robles on a third day when he shouldn't be pitching at all, or hitting Eric Campbell cleanup on days where he shouldn't be playing at all. It's stuff like that that irks me to no end. But yeah, ab- absolutely. But it's the thing the the kind of personality that it takes to be a clubhouse guy. And I say this as someone, I would not be a clubhouse guy. I would be a sit there pouring over stats, putting the guy, you don't like it, take it or leave it, shut up. Like, I don't know how to make a guy who doesn't like you like you. I'm right. very, very binary. And I know that. And so I appreciate those that aren't, you know, I appreciate those that, that do have that, you know, that interpersonal charisma that you know everybody likes you kind of thing because i i absolutely don't have that going for me if i did the cheers would be louder at the garden (laughs) are you uh are you a big mickey calloway guy so far uh i think it's too early to be but i i I am excited about what he's done in the past i am excited that about his approach to pitching and he he does seem like a more modern version of a clubhouse guy like a clubhouse guy that understands what sabermetrics is Mm -hmm. uh and so it it is I'm interested to see how this goes. I'm right there with you on that one. Uh, Jumping back to the Rangers a little bit. You mentioned being in the owner suite in between games. You ever run into Dolan? Uh, Yeah, I have not had a conversation with him because I am not stupid. And (laughs) I, I know that like, it could only be, it could only be bad. You know, like I'm not going to say anything that's going to make him be like, Oh, this is my adopted son. You know, like I can only accidentally say something that pisses him off. And then, you know, I'm already in, 
Why would I risk that? If he wants to talk to me, he knows who I am. I'm there. Happy to talk to him. If if he doesn't, then that's fine with me. And I, you know, and I've talked to people who are like high up there, like his, you know, kind of his, you know, right and left hand type of people. And that's fine. And if he wants to look, I'm standing right in front of him a couple of different times. I'm usually like within a few seats from him. And if he wants to say something to me, he certainly can, but I am not going to go interrupt his. <laughs> it's probably it's, he's, he's nice enough to have me there. It's probably for the best. Where do you see this team? You know, where's your projection for this team going forward now that you've kind of seen them on ice? You, you say they have the talent. Well, they don't have the talent, but they're still performing otherwise. Uh, where do you, I, I want to kind of wrap this up and I know you got, you're kind of on a time limit here, but yeah, where, where do you, uh, where do you see this team going this year for yourself? Oh, it's so hard. It's hard to know because they, they've surprised me in both directions so many times. And the thing that's always fun and frustrating about the Rangers is like, I'm looking forward to them signing someone who should have retired three years ago. Cause that is just everyone. If you ever want to buy like a custom Rangers Jersey of your favorite player from another team, just wait 20 years. (laughs) So like there, there's always that, but again, that's leadership and that's fun. And the fact that Gretzky was a Ranger is really cool. You know? So it is neat. uh, yeah, that that's the that's the upside of that. Um, so you know what? I I frankly I don't know. Uh, Henrik is getting old, and that worries me because the Rangers have always been a very when they've been successful, it's because of goalies. Like, yes, did they have lines that played out of their minds in '94? Absolutely. But Mike Richter was a was just a fucking wall. And so if like we need to figure this out before we lose Henrik. Our two, and I, I don't know how to do that. We are on our two, two last two year window. That's what I've kept saying. Um, yeah, S- Steve, I would love to have you back on when Met season comes, so you and Greg can kind of nerd out for real on that. If you're, if you're, <laughs> if you're around, because this podcast seriously is a Mets podcast, a secretly disguised as a Rangers podcast. Um, sounds, sounds good to me. Do you want to? Uh, do you want to plug any of your stuff before you get out of here? I know you got. You're coming to New York April seventh. Um, I am. I'm going to be back in New York April 7th and also probably before then. I actually, I'm the co-host of SNY's Mets podcast called oh. Meet, Meet the Mets Cast. Interesting. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's me and Rob Brander from SiriusXM and uh, Matt Cerrone. Okay, cool. Um, so it's, uh, it's a fun one for the Mets fans out there. And uh, my book's coming out. My book comes out March 20th. You can pre-order it on Amazon right now. Uh, it's called Ginger Kid, Mostly True Tales of a Former Nerd. The joke, of course, being former. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the other thing is, uh, just go uh, go to my YouTube, check out my videos, watch some comedy. Uh, one of the one of them was played at at the Garden, so that was cool. Being the big screen at the Garden was kind of fun. Uh, and aside from that, and you know, just tweet me and tell me how wrong I am about everything I said today. Perfect. One last <laughs> nonsense question before we get out of here. It's a classic old age internet question we ask everybody: Is a hot dog you a sandwich? It. What is a hot dog a sandwich? I've never heard that before. No, I'm kidding. What the fuck are you talking about? Of course a hot dog is not a sandwich. A hot dog is a hot dog. Uh, this is my a guy. A taco is not a this sandwich. Is my guy. A blintz is not a sandwich. Steve's... A knish is not a sandwich. Just because things have stuff around them don't suddenly make them a sandwich. Uh... Now, if a hot dog, if the bread was not connected, you know, like the fold <laughs> right. of the bread, yep. if that wasn't connected, mm-hmm. fucking A, that's a sandwich. <laughs> but it is, here's, and here's, so it's here's, not. Here's my counter, though. Take... Take the hot dog out of the hot dog bun and put like cold cut turkey, cheese, lettuce, mayo in that hot dog bun. Is that a sandwich or is that something else? It's a sub. 
Uh, is a sub not a sandwich? It's not, it's not a sub because a hot dog bun is not uh, is not that. That's fair. Uh, a hot dog bun is very specific to that. Um, I I think that if you're saying you put all that stuff in, what I would say is that you need to be committed because <laughs> why would you do a hot dog bun is the worst part of the hot dog. A hot dog bun, hot dogs are so good that we accept hot dog buns. Do you know what I mean? That's a great like take. A, hot, a hot dog bun without the hot dog and anything else on it, you would be like, what is this shitty potato-ish <laughs> kind of dry, unflavored garbage that they call bread? But because hot dogs are so good, we're just like, ooh, hot dog. So if you were to try to make a hot dog into a sandwich, that would be stupid. Now that said, if you were to take a hot dog and another hot dog, oh, like in the buns and then put something in between, maybe like a hamburger, mm-hmm. um, that would be a sandwich. I think I know what Mama's on Corona needs to start cooking up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I get what you're saying, but you're just – you're just wrong because the hot dog is a sandwich. My favorite it, comedian, he, Steve Hofstra. Thanks so much for coming on. <laughs> hey, one, one more thing before you bounce on us. Uh, okay. Where would you rank yourself in terms of famous Met fan comedians? Do oh, you fall, where do you fall in? I mean, probably top 20 <laughs> because of how many <laughs> huge ones there are. There was actually I, – I ended up becoming friends with Michael Price who writes for The Simpsons because mm-hmm. of an article that was written that we were both included in. And we kind of commiserated about the idea of like, hey, everyone else in this article is so much more famous than us. Because Met fan comedians, Jon Stewart, uh, Kevin James, Jerry Seinfeld, Ray Romano, uh, uh, Bill Maher, it's Hank Azaria. It's yep. fucking insane. Chris Chris Rock's a big one yeah, too. Chris Rock. Uh, yeah. The idea that I left off Chris Rock. That's how many. <laughs> meanwhile, the Yankees, the powerhouse New York Yankees, Billy Crystal. And the next funniest guy who's a Yankee fan uh, drives a taxi as a day job. So, oh, so I, you think Michael Kay is a comedian? That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, the, my theory in the article was that it was, uh, it's because the Mets are the underdog and so are comedians. So we tend to gravitate toward each other. My theory has always been if you're not laughing, it's just damn sad. So Yeah, that's also true. You need a sense of humor. The people who – establishment people like the Yankees. The people who – you know, the Yankee way. The, if you think a crew cut is a good idea, like you're more of a Yankee fan. But if you are – you know, if you are someone who, who grows a beard or has – you know, your counterculture, you're more of a – you're a Met fan. And it's, it's, a, it's an easy way to divide people down the line. It definitely is. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate all your time. Everyone go check out his book, Pre-Order on Amazon. Come see him in, in New York in April 7th. And go watch all his comedy on YouTube. Thanks, Steve, so much. Talk to you soon. Let's go, Rangers. Let's go, Rangers. Hey, welcome back. Thanks so much for Steve for coming on. He's a great guest. Awesome. Great a little bit of tidbits there. Nice those. like those. I like tidbits is what I'm saying. I'm a big, I'm a big Hofstetter guy. I'm not going to lie. I, like I said, I've kind of been going around with Hofstetter for a while. It's uh, he's been he's been fun. I, I'm gonna try and go see him April seventh when he's in New York. It'll be fun. It is it is funny to me how many comedians are Met fans though. It is. He did make a good point with the the Yankees Met uh, conundrum. <laughs> yeah, Billy Billy Crystal. Billy, Billy Crystal, Crystal might and that's it. Um, so listen, we're gonna read some iTunes reviews in a couple seconds here. But before we get to that, you know, I I went to the game, talked about that earlier, kind of bragging, I guess, at this point. Sure. Sure. Uh, there was a lady in front of us, 
And, mm. and again, thank you so much, Diana, if you're listening. I know you are for these tickets. Another lady in front of us that was just uh, – she seemed perfectly happy. She bought her kid – she had a 10-year-old kid with her. She bought her kid cotton candy and a Santa hat. I was dressed as Santa. It was a, it was a joyous mm. time. Uh, Drew, I brought Drew and I, and uh, we were we were talking about hockey during the game. Can you believe it? What a sin. Uh, that, that doesn't sound like something you should do at a hockey game. And, and you know what, Greg? You know what else I was doing? Yelling a little bit from time to time about, great job, guys. Get, stay on the puck. You know, whatever you yell at, shoot the puck. <laughs> whatever. Uh, whatever. Don't be a shoot the puck, bro. I wasn't doing that. I was, that was sarcasm. But, you know, it was like uh, I was cheering on the, the team. Zook, great job, Zook. Whatever, you know, as you do. So, so you're saying you went to a sporting event and you cheered on sports. Yeah, I did. That and seems like a noble concept. I thought that was incredible. And and, and I wouldn't be mad about this if, if she confronted us um, very nicely about it, but she took out her phone and she, like, had a meme generator pretty much. And, like, you know, like the big white meme font? Yes. She put that on a black background and she kind of held her phone over her shoulder to us. And she was, like, kind of, like, casually showing us her phone, not directly – like really, really casually, and it just said you guys are being way too loud. So it's almost like she wanted to scold you guys, but not see her kids scold you. Yes, and Drew and I were not being. Uh, were we a little intoxicated? Absolutely. It was Christmas. It was uh, Christmas Eve weekend uh, at, at a Ranger game. We definitely had a few in us, but we were not being obscene. We weren't yelling out curse words. Even Drew, when he sat down, he was like. Oh, there's a kid in front of us. Like, I would usually yell stuff at the players that's obscene. But you know what? We're not going to do that. But we were chit-chatting about the game and analytics and what we're going to do with the website and what we're going to do with Blue Shirts Breakaway going forward and uh, and uh, what we think about the team. And we even got, like, this deep dive about the power play. And she just keeps holding the phone off. And I was like, is she – I'm, like, looking at her. I was like, is she talking to us? What's the, what's the deal here? All of a sudden, she turns around. She's like, you guys are very loud. It's like, do you know where we are? Do you know where we are? We're in <laughs> – we're in a Rangers game. No, dude, you're at the you're at uh, Madison Square Library. I just, I just, what, what do you want me to do? Yeah, I talk loud. I'm a loud talker a little bit, but I will. Uh, you yeah, would have, Greg. I, I, it is, it is a, it is, it is a good thing that I was not at that game with that experience going on. I would because, as angry as I just was on the podcast, uh, would have been that angry in person. And I would not have taken lightly to someone trying to mom me when I was experiencing something that is of monetary uh, expenditure. Like, yeah, I don't know what the word that, that is. Good. There. I, if I spent money, I get to do whatever the fuck I want. It was a gift Wait. given to me. And I'm enjoying my gift. And I appreciate this Christmas gift. So please let me yell at the, at the Leafs. Please let me yell at Austin Matthews. Please let me yell and say, go Zook. Or yell Zook. And then I, I, I tried to start every single chant after that. Henrik, Henrik, Henrik. Let's that's, go, that's let's go Rangers. I've been, to a, I've been to enough games with you where I've heard you like interact with or try and interact with the game going on in front of you. I, I want to classify it as loud. I'm not loud. I'm really I, not. I am, I am loud. Like I have yeah. no volume control. No, I'm not obnoxious at games. I'm actually genuinely pretty quiet. And I'm observing what's going on. I'll yell like, it yeah, is. boys, let's go. Something like that, or when the goal happens, of course I'm screaming. But to turn to hold the phone, yeah. to be so petty and passive aggressive, holding the phone, you guys are too loud over the, her the shoulder. One, the thing I hate the most is that neither of you just asked why. Like I, I, it would have been the first word out of my mouth. 
Like, wh- why are you acting the way you act? What has happened in your life that has resulted in this existence that you currently occupy? I'm not hurting your kid. What, what, I'm not, what went wrong? If her kid wasn't there, this would have been a full thing. But I feel like I, I did not want to get him involved in this. It's his, it's his also Christmas weekend. This is probably yeah. something for him. I did not want to ruin this 10-year-old kid's night. I think that's the right thing to do. But yeah. at the same time, who are you? It's a who are good you? thing. Yeah. Good thing I wasn't there with you and Drew. Um, like, while we're talking about while we're talking about fan experiences, one last thing though, before we Go move on. on, you would have told that kid not to pay for sex. Uh, no, nah, ten's a little young. <laughs> if I thought he was, if I thought he was eleven, that's one thing. It's true. Um, while we're talking about in-game experiences, yes. Uh, so I, like we mentioned earlier in this podcast, I was able to go to the Devils Rangers game at the Prudential Center. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to go courtesy of friend of the podcast, Keith Kincaid. He's, he's a great guy. He got myself, Jeff, who's been on this podcast a couple of times mm-hmm. and our friend Ryman, some tickets in the, uh, family section. So to say that this, this was the one time in my life where I had to be the most behaved I've ever been in my existence as a sports fan. This was it like no range of gear. Ryan and I didn't even stand up when the Rangers scored. We weren't allowed to do anything. We just had to experience the Prudential Center for everything that it is, which, which, which is it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Um, but to the guy, the bro, the frat bro that was sitting about nine rows behind me, uh, who was going out of his way to start or attempt to start no cups chance directed at Henrik Lundqvist. I just want you to know that I know what your face looks like. <laughs> And I know what your voice sounds like. And the next time I see you on the street, I promise you, I will not be behaved. <laughs> I will ruin you. I will, uh, I will attempt to ruin you. He's probably big enough to kick my ass, Definitely. but I am dumb enough to pick that fight. I get it. And if I see a devil fan in my life, Jeff included, and I, I told him this after the game, if there is a devil fan that wants to enter my life, and try to start a no cups chant at Henrik Lundqvist, I will fuck you up. <laughs> protect that's, that's, protect that's your a, boys, Greg. I, there are some things in my life that I will just not accept. Um, rooting for any Philadelphia sports team, just like flat out rooting for them. Anything. Yelling at Henrik Lundqvist, besmirching David Wright, uh, and speaking ill of Michael Beasley. Those are four things that I'm not going to stand for. <laughs> The Michael Beasley thing really got me. All right, <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about all the reviews. We just said we're gonna read five. I'm just gonna read a bunch. Okay, let's do it. What what are we up to now? Like as of recording, we uh, we hit sixty nine. We made a big deal of it. We've since gone past that. As of recording, I believe we're at seventy four. Sixty nine five stars though. Nice. Hey, that's perfect. Nice. You guys are the best. You guys are the best. you guys are the best. Four stars. The five four stars. Thanks. Appreciate it. Could could be better, and I agree with you. By the way, that could that's be a better. that's a fair criticism. All right, so uh. I'm going to read a bunch of these, and I'm going to probably butcher names, and bu- probably butcher the reading of them. So this is from uh, J. Dulios on December 13th. A, no it, way that's his name, but keep going. Oh, these are all, uh, it's not actually, it's whatever they type in the items. No, whatever, whatever he was trying to type, I'm saying J. that's Dulos. not what he, what just came out of your mouth was not what he was trying oh, to type. Oh, absolutely. Awesome podcast. It's hockey season, and it's always great to get more news and inside of the Rangers. The guys do a great job, uh, and their individual points of views are interesting and refreshing. I do enjoy the extra banner. I am also a fan of the other New York sports teams. I do find myself wishing for a bit more content on the Rangers. Okay, uh, that's fair. That's fair. I think we, I think we hit you up good today, friend. I think we did. A, uh, this comes up again. The, the bit more content of the Rangers part. 
Uh, I think over the past, and I, I kind of want to address this for everyone out there. I think okay. we've done a pretty good job over the past couple weeks of just upping our Ranger content as much as possible. I know we are a, a bare bones Ranger podcast. Uh, so, and then, and then the nonsense comes second for sure. You know, there's been like no Mets talk whatsoever for like three weeks. Uh, and we did do a Stanton podcast and there's going to be a lot more Yankees talk this year, especially cause I'm a huge Yankee fan. So there'll be, you'll get, I, you'll get both sides of the coin this year, guys. That, that'll be coming. Where's Shane going? My roommate is walking outside oh. with a six pack of beer and three gifts in his hand. I, am I missing something? You probably are. It's probably Christmas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, so anyway. we, we will be talking, you know, more New York sports, especially, uh, you know, we have the Knicks wall on. We're going to be doing a lot more New York sports this year in general, covering the Yankees, so, covering the Knicks and stuff like that. But we do want to provide as much Ranger content as possible. There are some weeks where I know we skim a little bit and we do like 35 to 45 minutes of it. And it, it could be the whole time. And I, I appreciate that you guys come to us for Rangers content. Um, but we're going to do our best. I, to piggyback off that, I will say, I think you and I have been doing a better job of the first 20 minutes of the podcast, at least, really focusing down on the Rangers and talking specifically about the Rangers. Yep. Um, when we bring on our guests, we try and keep the first part of the interviews with our guests about the Rangers or hockeys or analytics or whatever the reason is we brought them on for. But it it is rare for us to get these guys on the podcast, so it will delve into nonsense just because we want to talk about as much as we can with these guys. Yeah, and um, and I love the nonsense. I, I know it's crazy. I just love yeah. the nonsense. But we're also I, Ryan and I. We'll, we'll, again, peeling back the curtain a little bit, we're trying to come up with ideas for more bonus podcasts to reward our Patreon subscribers. Yep. And I think Ryan and I are doing a better job, or at least trying to do a better job, of keeping some of our longer nonsense points for those podcasts. And also, so for example, for and, example, we did a Star Wars podcast. Yep. This instead of us doing 15 or 10, 15 minutes on Star Wars on this main podcast, we brought your friend Angel and now my friend Angel on for 40 minutes of it. Yeah. And And that's available to everyone on our Patreon. And if you don't want it right now, you wait a couple weeks and it'll come out. Everything that gets, you know, eventually recorded on, except for like the super exclusive stuff, uh, will come out eventually. You guys will get to hear it and I appreciate it. But if you want to hear it now and you like what we do, you can go to our Patreon. That's our plug for that today. Let's keep going with a... with with reviews here. Hip hop Jorge eighty nine. You page from supporter. There we go. He says, "Go New York Rangers." And in Japanese, he wrote, "A hot dog is not a sandwich." Nice. Uh, so he lied. He he lied in Japanese. Good to know. Okay. Uh, next is uh, Hallinger. Says best of the New York Ranger podcast. Nice, nice job. Thank you. Love the chemistry Ryan and Greg have. Impressed with the effort and consistency they put forth. So much. I I gladly contribute via Patreon. I promise. I didn't. No, this was coming. Uh, they they must be good of something I'm willing to give them money for, which is already free. That's true. Thank you. Uh, these two make you feel feel like it's a passionate discussion each week with good Rangers friends and company and so so much more. Nice. <laughs> I just the, the part of him saying uh, I appreciate the effort. It's like a girl telling you afterwards, like, well, you tried. You tried. That's really all I could ask for. <laughs> you tried. Hey, you tried. You're consistent. <laughs> you're consistently trying and that's you're us. consistently putting forth your best effort and while you're you're just a c plus student i respect the fact that you're trying to do better here's um here's one that actually hits us pretty hard this is this is so fair what? criticism i showed you this one is uh, it is, is it hits you hard or hits me hard i feel like it's directed almost exclusively at me eh, yeah <laughs> uh this is from f hammer eight Great hosts with great analysis, but ellipsis. This season, they have really been talking about things not Ranger. 
parentheses, or even hockey related way too much. Your analysis is great. Would be amazing if we can get more of it during the show. Been listening since early last season. I've enjoyed this pod. In my opinion, it's the best Rangers pod. Great audio quality compared to the others and much funnier. Thank you. However, this season, there has been much off-hockey off discussion, and it's getting tiresome. The content is excellent during the dog days of summer, but why it's necessary during the prime of NHL season? Like the host Greg, I'm a big Mets fan, but I honestly don't want to hear about them and New York baseball in December for an entire episode of Rangers podcast during the NHL season. Either way, keep it up, guys. Love the guests and the swearing. Thanks. Impossible to keep a clean mouth when talking about AV, as you saw earlier. Uh, listen, Hams. Now that you've brought this up, I would like to go on a 25-minute rant about <laughs> no. how I think Dom Smith will be more successful if he changes his batting stance. No. And here's why. No, look, I get it. And I, I honestly, I, in a way, he's right. I, I probably do bring up the Mets more than a human should. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, guys. You're, I can only be my best self on the podcast. It's, it's all I know how to be. And gun to my head, my first love is the New York Mets. It's the thing I know best when it comes to sports. It's the thing I have the most experience with. And I do base my Ranger fandom on how I would react if these things were happening to the Mets. For because me, to me, that's the most relatable thing I have. And for me, my reaction is immediate emotion because Rangers are my number one by far. So You're not, you're not Yankees are your number one. What are you talking I'm about? I'm a huge Yankee fan. <laughs> um, but but to- he, he's right. He's right. Like there are times where I don't need to delve into a conversation about a – I'm sure that I've done this multiple times. Yep. Uh, I do my best to keep us on track with the Rangers stuff. But- during a Met game while we're podcasting, I could probably cut that out. He's right. Um, but and again, we're going to honestly, and- I, I think I'd be more boring if I didn't talk about the Mets. I also agree with that. We're, we are going to try and do more Ranger stuff. We've the podcast, if you guys have noticed, have been substantially longer for some reason. Um, so we do I think that's because I honestly think they're longer because we now have guests and that adds like 20 to 30 minutes on itself. That does it too. Uh, so that's nice. Nice. All right, next one. So sorry, F8, F Hammer 8, I, but I do appreciate you saying those nice things about the auto quality. We do put a lot of work to that and how we are funny. I no, think, and you know what? I think Fair criticism. I'm not here to say that he's yeah. being... He's definitely not wrong. He's not being wrong. He's, he's absolutely right. I should probably focus on the Rangers more. And I, I, I'm, I'm making the effort. But it is just impossible for me to not talk about something I love, which is the whole reason why we do this podcast. Okay. Next, next one is uh, it's from NDOM717 or 717. Ooh. Oh, my. Or 717. He says... Nice. Poor pronunciation? Check. Aggressively mediocre hockey analysis? Oh, you betcha, check. Excessive foul language? Check. Yet, somehow, I look forward to my Tuesday morning commute every week. It's like having your two best buddies in the car with you ranting about AV and all the issues that seem to plague the Rangers yearly. Refreshing, fun sports podcasts and a sea of overwhelmingly serious, ego-driven podcasters. I have news for you, and and Dom 717. I love myself. We have egos. But... Uh, we try and I got stay humble. About, I got questions about the people you hang out with. Yeah. Do you have do you have like significantly mediocre friends? We should have a talk, man. We should find you some new bros. It's aggressively mediocre hockey analysis, but he gets to hang out with his buddies. It's us. He's hanging out with us. I don't know. It sounds like he kind of hates his friends. It sounds like he might hate us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm happy to have you. I'm not trying yeah. to scare you away. No, but, and, uh, uh, thank you so much. Let's let's have a drink and try and sort this. Let's let's sort this out. Let's let's talk. Next, next one is uh, let's go Rangers. It's from B M. Oh, I'm gonna fuck this up. B McNaughton, 
Big Mc. I'm sorry, bro. Living you in the spell kitchen. it out and then have a real person try and pronounce B- it. B M C N A U G H T O N. B M C N. Great podcasting. Whatever. I'm so sorry. Living in the Carolinas, I take whatever amount of ranges I can get. You guys are a blessing in disguise. The fact that you think we're a blessing is crazy. That's all I'll say. The fact, the fact you think we're trying to be in disguise is crazy. Yeah, that's also true. We're trying to put ourselves out there, bro. We're not hiding from anyone. Listen, this one's Constant, Constant Frog 360. That's a, great, that's a great name. Listener from Sweden. You guys are a really good podcast. Enjoy it a lot. Funny and good analysis. Hope you keep it up. Slash slash Felipe. I'm assuming his name's Felipe. Huh. Thanks, Felipe. I can't believe you listened from Sweden. Uh, fun, but it, fun story. Um, Sweden is the country we get our fourth most listens from. It is. It's we get a lot yeah. of Swedish listeners. Yeah, United United States obviously number one. Canada number two. UK number uh, three. UK number three, and then Sweden is firmly in there at number four. Speaking of foreign listeners, I'm <laughs> this. This is from NY69. Nice. Um, he says I'm Scandinavian, <laughs> and he says. This is actually one of my favorite uh, comments. A hot dog is not a sandwich. Special Greg is out of his mind. (laughs) (laughs) Special Greg. What's wrong wrong with being special? Listen, you're a special guy. Um, Uh, I I do. Just to throw some shade back at him. Calling yourself Scandinavian just means you're too embarrassed to not be from Sweden. That's all I'm going to say. I'm Scandinavian. Special Greg is out of his mind. You, you notice how <laughs> Swedes Swedes are proud to be from Sweden, but like yeah. someone from Finland is like, bro, I'm Scandinavian. Yeah, I'm Scandinavian. Uh, yeah. Next one. We're going to keep plowing through these real quick. Uh, Corey T13NYR says, here to write a nice review just so I don't get fined and to get 69. Nice. Good. Mm. Yeah. Thanks for so that. I'm going to find you and just charge you a dollar on Venmo. Bob, Bob Kawa says, a hot dog is not now, nor will ever be a sandwich. Thank you, Bob. Bob interacts with us a lot on Twitter. Bob, you're very wrong. Just know. And I, I know who you are, so I'll, I'll hunt you down. PGO63 says, love this show. Ryan and Greg are great at running through the Rangers issues top to bottom, deliver it the funniest way possible. We don't try, really. Thanks so much. Uh, uh, the Rangers find an easy way to make it funny. Oh, I'm going to fuck this up. King, yep. King Murbs from Australia... <laughs> Says, nice, from Adelaide. Oh, I fucked that up. Australia. I think it's Adelaide. Isn't it just Adelaide? Maybe it is Adelaide. I don't know. Um, then JD uh, says, nice. JD Frost says, or Folst says, nice. Thank you, JD. Uh, Derek Anzon. <laughs> I swear they do this on purpose. Uh, Derek Anzon says, best Rangers podcast, not corporate. We are not. No, no. And that is obvious because we don't have any sponsors. We got, if you would like to sponsor us, though, we are willing to We are willing, are willing and open out. for this. Uh, we have yeah. th- three left. Uh, that, little, that little sign you make with your, uh, your hand when you, when you want to put it below your waist and then you get to punch somebody, that's the name of this guy. It's the other Norwegian from Norway. He says, great show, guys. It's nice to get some updates on my favorite team once a week. And since I live on the other side of the world, the matches usually don't start before 1 a.m., but I watch every game when I can, usually the weekends. Can't wait until late February. I'm going to New York, going to my first ever Rangers game. Keep up the good work from Morton Pease on some other episodes. Uh, it wouldn't kill you to actually focus a little bit more on hockey. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, oh. <laughs> that's going to be constant. Uh, so now we can cross off. Our Scandinavian friend is also not Norwegian because he would be proud enough to say he's from the country where Matt Zuccarello is from. I think, 
I think by Scandinavian, he meant Finnish. I'm going with Finnish. Okay. He's Finnish. This next one isn't in English, and it's from Norway. It's from... Oh, my God, you guys. Laxamen Lars. And he said, in, and I translated it. It's from Norwegian to English. It says, you thought maybe I was dead, but I was not. I have just been on a deserted island. Okay. <laughs> I have a lot. I have a lot. I have a lot of questions. Um, where do I begin? One, how much did I drink on Thursday? Yeah. Two, why did I think you were dead? Three, have we met? Four, um, is everything all right? Do we need to talk? Five, uh, do you need help? Like, do you need supplies? What do you, what do you need? What's going on? And six, is Norway an island? Seven, uh, no, let's go back to six. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not an island. Uh, and the last review is I, I'm too late, R and I, from Otis Wolf. It says, I guess I'm too late for nice. It's never too late to say nice. Never. Thanks, everyone, for I, – I know we don't usually do that, uh, but we wanted to read everyone's reviews that gave in the last couple days, and uh, I appreciate you guys for sticking through. If you're still here, hopefully you're still listening. We are going to try and focus a little more on hockey content. I feel like we did a lot of that today. Sure and, did. Uh, um, and we will – this is our technically our last podcast of – 2017 it is we have some fun announcements coming out about 2018 mm-hmm. some changes we're bringing to our patreon page that That's we hope you will join us with yeah some uh some new merchandise we might be able to announce maybe try and get a sponsor this year uh we're gonna have a lot more information about our upcoming meetup on the 15th still at beer authority still no cover to get in still don't have to get anything while you're there can just watch rangers take on the islanders on a thursday night in new york city with some of the bros That's and, and some, some of the girls, ladies. some of the girls. Um, but all that, we'll have more on it after we get through the holidays, which is uh, hopefully what everyone is doing while they're listening to us. And if you weren't frustrated enough by family time, I'm happy that I gave you 25 minutes of irrational anger today. It was probably more than that. Greg, thanks for doing this on a Christmas Eve with us. I love you, buddy. Happy holidays. I'm sorry Hanukkah's over. And uh, <laughs> you want to know what I got for Hanukkah this year? I do. $35. $25? $35? dollars what you get $25 for? I got $35. I know. Uh, <laughs> Just making a joke. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. What did I spend that $35 on? Train Betty. tickets to Hoboken. Okay. And that's about it. That's about that's it. That's all Happy I do. Hanukkah. All right, guys. Follow us on Twitter at Blue Shirts Break. Thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Happy holidays. Love y'all. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs... Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.